morning, everyone. I trust you are well. I trust you that you're ready to receive what God wants to say to us today. Preaching is an act of faith. Sam's going to do some adjustments. Can I take it out, though? I'm coming through loud and clear. Okay. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Uh, As I was saying, <laughs> preaching is an act of faith. The one who preaches can never be sure the situation and the circumstances of those who receive the word. But by God's grace and according to faith, we preach because we believe that God has a word for you today. So if you're ready to receive what God has to say to you, be open and ready because God will speak today and we want to hear what he has to say to us. As you know, I spoke last week and my message today follows on from what I said last week. It complements last week's message. But before I begin, I want to ask a question. Does anyone remember what I spoke about last week? Okay. I wasn't here, I was sick. <laughs> 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 Good excuse. Does anyone remember? <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Sorry? It was about God. <laughs> Esther's very sharp, isn't she? <laughs> Abraham, do you want me to touch a little bit on Abraham? You told me how amazing it was. Why don't you remember? <laughs> Young man, what did he say? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. She's honest. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Yeah. We looked at Deuteronomy. We looked at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 6, and we concentrated on verse 6, which says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. Neither will he forsake you. Amen. Amen. And these are the words of Moses. The children of Israel are just about to enter into the promised land to possess 
what God has promised to them. So Moses wants to encourage the people and tell them what God has in store for them. Also, Moses tells the people that God has told him that Moses won't enter into the land. Joshua will become the new leader. And Joshua will lead the people in to the promised land. So Moses encourages the people as they look forward to receive the promise that God has for them so that they may possess their inheritance. And now I want to jump maybe 30 odd years. We're going to have a look at Joshua 23. We're going to read through verses 1 to 16. I won't read them all together. We'll just take it in stages. Because the first scripture, Deuteronomy 31, was Moses' farewell. Moses was coming to the end of his life. And the leadership was being passed over to Joshua. In Joshua 23, Joshua is coming to the end of his life. And he's stepping down from the leadership of God's people. So it's Joshua's farewell. He's saying goodbye to the people. And what he does, he looks back at the history of Israel, where God has brought them from. You see, it's important as Christians, as we enter into the new year, that we look forward to where God is taking us and what he has in store for us. But it's also important to look back to see where God has taken us from. Because our God is a faithful God, isn't he? The God who takes us out is the God who brings us in. Whenever God takes us out of a situation, he's always got something better for us. Because he's a good God. And he wants only the best for us. So Joshua is encouraging the people. Let's turn to Joshua 23. And by God's grace, you will also be encouraged this morning as you receive what God is saying to you today. Because as Paul says, these things are written for our example, as a warning, but also for our encouragement. So as we read these scriptures, may we be encouraged by them. So let's look at Joshua's farewell to the people and see what God is saying to us as Joshua speaks to the people. I'm going to read 1 through to 5, first of all. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, 
Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered. That's interesting. Joshua says that he conquered the nations. That is between the Jordan and the great sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. So the Lord, their God, has given them rest from all of their enemies. Rest just means completion of purpose. God's rest means that God has completed his purpose. God has fulfilled what he said he would do. Just in the creation, God created for six days and on the seventh day he rested because his work was complete. So God's work of bringing the children of Israel into the promised land was complete. So God gave his people rest from all their enemies round about them. And it's interesting, as I was reading through these scriptures, I noticed quite often the words I use, the Lord your God, which is an interesting concept. Jehovah is Israel's God. All the people around about Israel had their own gods, but Israel, Jehovah was their God. In the Old Testament, we don't often read of God described as Father. And I think this is the nearest we get to that in the Old Testament, where it says, the Lord, your God. You see, it's personal. He's our God. Not someone else's God. He is the Lord, our God. And as you read through these scriptures, you'll see this phrase used quite often. And it emphasises the relationship between God and his people. It's personal. He is their God. No one else is God, and they don't have any other gods. He is the Lord, their God. And he gives them rest from their enemies all around them. And Joshua summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials. Joshua wants to include everyone, not just the leaders. It says he summons all of Israel. The message that Joshua has is for all the people. No one's to be left out. All are included. All of us have been summoned by God. Because he has a message for each one of us. So he calls each one of us to himself. So Joshua summoned all Israel. Their leaders... Elders, judges, and officials. And Joshua says, You yourselves have seen everything your, the Lord your God has done to all these nations 
for your sake. You see, God doesn't work in a corner. God's work isn't hidden. Joshua says, you yourselves have seen. Everyone has been a witness to it. Whatever God is doing, the people have seen. Nothing is hidden. God works on their behalf. God works on our behalf. And we ourselves have seen what the Lord has done for us. And he says, for your sake. God works on our behalf for our sake. Not for someone else's. Not for the people next door. Not for the people across the street. Not for the people in the next town. God works for our sake. Because he is the Lord our God. It's personal with him. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And he is the Lord our God. And Joshua says it was the Lord your God who fought for you. That's interesting, isn't it? It was the Lord, their God, who fought for them. Even though the people had to go into the land and possess the land, without the Lord, their God, fighting for them, they would have failed. It was the Lord, their God, who went before them. And he enabled them to possess what he had promised. Amen? The Lord your God himself, you see, continually, the Lord your God will drive them out of your way because he goes before you. And as we go into the new year, as we journey with God, the Lord your God goes before you. So don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Be encouraged. The Lord your God goes before you. He will push them out before you. No one and nothing will be able to stand before you. Because the Lord, your God, will push them out before you. Isn't he a good God? This is the God who goes before us. This is the Lord, our God. And verse 5, Joshua says, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. You will. It's definite. Not you may or you might. He says you will. If God has promised, you will. There's no doubt about it. Amen. Yes. Amen. So the people are guaranteed. They will take possession of the land. To possess means to obtain, to take hold of, to bring under one's control, to own and to rule over. Whatever God gives me to possess is mine. It's mine legally, no matter what anybody else thinks, says or does. What God says is mine, is mine. Amen? Amen. He says you all possess the land. And it will become legally theirs. Because their God is giving it to them. Since everything belongs to God, he's at liberty to give whatever to whomsoever he thinks it right 
and appropriate. Now the land belonged to other people. But God says, you will possess the land. I am giving it to you. He's a sovereign God. And he does what he does. God doesn't need my permission. He, he doesn't need anybody else's permission to fulfill his purpose and his promise. God doesn't have to ask my advice as to what he does. He doesn't have to consult me. He doesn't have to consult anybody else. He does what he does because he's God. He's a sovereign God. He doesn't need my permission. And sometimes you hear people say, oh, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. Or if I was God, I would do this. Well, the thought that comes to my mind, if you were God, we'd all be in serious trouble. <laughs> God does what he wants to do. He does because he is God. And no one can prevent him. He doesn't need our permission. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. And you will take possession of their land as the Lord, your God, promised you. Look at the promises that God had given to his people. Genesis 12, 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. Deuteronomy 31, 3. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. It used to be their land. Now it's your land. Because God has given it to you. Whatever God gives to you, belongs to you. And no one can prevent it from becoming yours. Amen. 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 Romans 4, 20 and 21. Yet he, that is Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Why? He was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Are you fully persuaded that God is able to do what he promised? Are you strengthened in your faith? Give glory to God then. Be fully persuaded because he's able to do what he has promised. Amen. Let's keep going. Let's look at verses 6 to 8. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have until now. Joshua repeats what Moses said to the people. He says, be very strong. You need to be strong to possess your possessions. Because whenever God gives us something, almost inevitably, there will be someone or something trying to prevent us from receiving it. So you have to be strong. You have to be very courageous. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be terrified of them. 
because the Lord your God goes before you. And if God says it's yours, then it's yours. So be very strong. Be very courageous. And then Joshua says, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Joshua wants to remind the people that it is God who is working on their behalf. And as they obey God, they will inherit what God has for them. He says, don't turn aside to the right or to the left. Don't deviate from what God has said. Don't add to what he says. Don't take away from what he says. He says, be careful to obey all, not some, but all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. And in a sense, this Bible is the equivalent of our book of the law of Moses. So he says, be careful to obey what is written in the book of the law. Because that is our foundation. That is our grounding. Wherever God takes us, whatever he does with us, whatever he promises to us, whatever we receive from him, it's according to his word. God always works according to his word. So I mustn't deviate from it. Because if I deviate from his word, I may also deviate from what he has promised. So he says, be careful to obey what is written. Then he says, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. And it's interesting, as I read that, I thought, how can I put that in a New Testament context? Because I can't teach or preach that we should associate with people. That's not... This was Old Testament. And God said that to these people for a particular purpose. Because if you look at the verses, this may happen if they are associated with people. They may begin to invoke the names of their gods. They may become, begin to swear by them. They may begin to serve them or bow down to them. So God says, do not associate with these people. But it's different for us. God's instruction to us isn't that we should not associate with people. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. God doesn't want us to hide ourselves away in a monastery. God wants to, us to engage in the world, be salt and light. So what, what, how can we take this? Do not associate with these nations. Well, I took it this way. We have to be careful with those whom we associate and those who we relate to. We may find that there are some people who we associate with to our detriment. Every relationship we have, every association we have, should be positive. It should be for good. But sometimes there may be people who have a bad influence upon us. So I would say, if there are such people, you may have to change the dynamic of the relationship. You may have to re-evaluate what is the sort of relationship you have with this person. And if you find that you can't change that association or that relationship, you may have to disassociate yourself from that person. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not unchristian. God just wants you to prosper. And there may be some people who will prevent you from prospering. So you have to be careful who you associate with. 
Not that we hide ourselves away, I'm not saying that. But as Christians, we have to be careful with those who we relate to. Doesn't the Bible say, do not be unequally yoked? We have to be careful who those we attach ourselves to. So Joshua says, do not associate with these nations that remain among you, but rather, you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. So whatever relationships you have, whatever relationships you don't have, one thing you must do is hold fast to the Lord. Holding fast to the Lord means you are fastened to Him. There's a secure relationship. You're securely attached to Him. Whoever else you're attached to, make sure you're attached to the Lord. Hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have until now. So continue, he says, as you have until now. And if you haven't been doing that, now's the time to begin. Okay, let's keep going. Joshua's farewell speech. Let's go on to verses 9 and 10. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand, because the Lord, your God, fights for you, just as he promised. So be careful to love the Lord, your God. And as it was for the children of Israel, so it will be for us. Joshua says, no one shall be able to withstand you. And that is true of us. No one shall be able to withstand you. Why? Because the Lord your God goes before you. Amen. So no one is able to withstand you. The Lord has driven out from before you great and powerful nations. So it doesn't matter how great the people who stand in your way. If God says it's yours, it's yours. He drove out the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But they were not able to withstand the children of Israel. Someone said Parasites. Okay. Why? Because the Lord your God fights for you. For the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. If God is for you, who can be against you? And it's just as he promised. You see, God is faithful to his word. He cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and will he not do it? Hath he spoken, and will he not make it good? You see, God is good for his word. You can trust God. He's reliable. In these days, it's often quite difficult to know whose word to rely upon. Sometimes people say one thing today, and another thing tomorrow. I've got nothing against politicians, but I'm, I'm including politicians in that. What's good today isn't so good tomorrow. Brexit is a good thing today, it's not a very good thing tomorrow, and the next day it's wonderful. 
But there's a, I'm, I'm not picking any sides. I'm not telling you which side I'm on. That's not my purpose. But what I am saying is, there's only one word you can trust. There's only one voice you can trust. Because from day to day, people's words change. What was true for them today, is not true for them tomorrow. What they thought today, is not what they think tomorrow. What they assert today, is not what they assert tomorrow. Circumstances change, people's opinions change, but our God never changes. His word is forever settled in heaven. God cannot lie. His word is forever. His word is eternal. So he will make it good. Making it good means he will complete his purpose. What God's promised, he will do. He will make it good. So you can be assured that whatever God has promised will come to pass. And verse 11. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Wherever we go, wherever God is taking us, wherever God is taking us from, whatever our experiences, whatever our circumstances, be very careful to love the Lord your God. Don't move from that position. Whatever difficulties, whatever setbacks you have, be very careful to love the Lord your God. Make sure that you're always in relationship with Him. Don't let anything come between yourself and your God. To love the Lord our God is the appropriate response to the love and care of God demonstrated in his faithfulness. God is a faithful God. He never leaves us, neither will he forsake us. Let's keep going. Verses 12 and 13. This is the consequence of disobedience. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. That's quite a hard word there, isn't it? After God has been promising all these good things, yet he gives them a warning. You see, there is a consequence to disobedience. We only receive what God has for us as we obey him. If we disobey him, we may forfeit and not receive what he's promised to us. You see, God always gives us a choice to obey or to disobey. And there are always consequences to our disobedience. Disobedience can negate and obstruct the plans 
and purposes of God. If I do not receive what God has promised to me, maybe I have to check and see if there is some disobedience in my life. That's true, isn't it? If I have sin in my life, it may obstruct God's purpose being fulfilled in my life. So I have to be careful because I do want to receive everything that God has for me. So I have to check myself that there is no disobedience in my life. Let's look at verses 14 to 16. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. I'm going to stop there because I want excuse me I want to keep my message a positive message. In verses 15 and 16, God gives a warning, or Joshua gives a warning to the people. If men neglect and go away from the Lord, their God. But that's not our portion this morning. That's not for us. Amen? I'm speaking in faith that we won't be included in those who perish. Joshua says to the people, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. It reminds me a little bit of, of Paul, where he says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished my race, or run the race. I've finished my course. Joshua is coming to the end of his life. He's coming to the end of his ministry. So he gives the people a promise and he gives them a warning. And he wants to encourage them. So he says, you know. That's an important word, to know. It's important to know. Not just to believe, not just to understand, not just to think. It's important to be certain and to know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the, the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And Joshua's looking back over the history of Israel. From the beginning when God promised to Abraham that he would give them in an inheritance for his descendants. And to also he promised to Isaac and to Jacob and also to Joseph. And then, then the people were taken to bondage in Egypt. And then God saw their predicament and God came to them and he sent Moses before them to bring the people out. And then the people wandered in the wilderness. It was a difficult time for them. 
But God brought them through it. And God also will bring you through all your difficulties, all your circumstances. And you also will be able to say, not one of all the good promises the Lord our God has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Amen. Amen. So as I, as I close, I just want to give you a reminder of these two words that we've received from Moses and also from Joshua. But really these words come from God. This is what the Lord says as we enter into this new year and as we journey with him. He says to us, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you, neither will he forsake you. For you know with all your heart and with all your soul that not one of all the God promises the Lord, your God, gave you has failed every promise has been fulfilled Amen. not one Amen. has failed so may these words be for your encouragement Amen. and may they also be for your testimony Amen. continuously as we go throughout this coming way this coming year to the glory of God Amen, Amen. 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 No one stand before you.